Chicago, like many cities, has seen a historic rise in violent crime over the past couple of years. While gun violence has decreased moderately this year, the decline follows the city's most violent year in a quarter century in 2021. And in many wards across the city, the upcoming election in February will be a referendum on the incumbent's handling of crime. But what can city council members actually do to combat it? Here to talk us through the answer are WBEZ city government reporters, Tessa Weinberg and Mariah Wolfel. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Baba. Thanks. And Tessa, let's start with you. Crime has long been an issue in Chicago. What makes the topic different this election? Well, it did rise in the city in recent years, but it's also spread into some neighborhoods that in the past just didn't have as much. Um, And that's really prompted a bunch of people in those neighborhoods to run for office. And specifically, they're seeking city council seats. Um, They're doing it on what they see is the most important issue right now. And for them, that's anti-crime campaigns. Um, Several are taking their firsthand experiences and run-ins with crime and citing those as the reasons why they're running. Um, I'll give you one example. In the first ward, for example, there is um, a candidate named Sam Royko who's running. His girlfriend was carjacked one afternoon a couple years ago in Wicker Park. And he says he wants to use that experience to really improve his community and improve public safety in the area. Um, But, you know, here's one data point on that. Carjackings have risen in that ward. But compared to other wards, violent crime is really low. Um, But that doesn't mean that aldermen, even in some of the least affected neighborhoods, aren't having an answer for crime this election season. Here's the first ward's alderman, Daniel Laspada. He's running for re-election, and he's talking about how even the perception of crime in the city right now is really pushing the narrative. Statistics don't always dictate our, our feelings about our neighborhoods. You know, perception is the reality when it comes to public safety. And Brian, I want to bring you in here. So, you know, crime is the hot topic of the historically safe neighborhoods, too. How is that approach playing out in neighborhoods that for years have been seeing crime as a big problem? Yeah. So some incumbent aldermen and wards that have long dealt with gun violence that we talked to are saying, you know, great, the whole city is is focusing on crime now. This this should be a priority. But even some of those incumbents are facing anti-crime challengers, too. You know, those candidates running are saying they're sick of the status quo. The incumbents haven't been creative enough in in finding solutions to violence. Uh, They want more holistic solutions to violence, the kind of programming that deals with economic development, you know, job opportunities, mental health care. And for people in the community, you know, some people we talked to said they're glad this is steering the election season. Here's Tamar Manassa, an anti-violence advocate who said she's glad to see reducing violence is in the spotlight. I pray to God it is. Because if it doesn't become a priority for all of us, then it's just going to keep getting worse. So, Tessa, you've got these candidates for aldermen running on anti-crime platforms. What power do aldermen actually have to reduce crime and violence within their wards? Well, you know, several aldermen did start out by saying, you know, hey, we aren't the police. One former alderman um, even said we're not Batman, but they can deal with the issue from multiple angles. Um, one way is through spending their so-called menu money on public safety infrastructure. So each year, aldermen get one and a half million dollars in discretionary funding, and that can be spent on infrastructure improvements like sidewalks or street repairs. But several candidates said that they would you know, use much more of that money on security cameras. And then you have some aldermen who see their role as basically being on the front line of crime as it's happening, trying to discourage it. 
we talked to Far Southside 17th Ward Alderman David Moore. He's long seen crime happening right in front of him, um, like drug dealing. So he got this canopy tent. He branded it with the ward's logo. And he puts that tent up where he thinks drug deals are happening. And he live streams it on Facebook. He does this to provoke the people he suspects are dealing drugs. And then he calls the police to try to get them to respond. I put it on Facebook Live. And then they can't do their drug sales. Police come out there and they say, okay, David, is he, he's on it. We got we to gotta get out there. And there also are the traditional things that we think an alderman would do when it comes to police. You know, they can ask for more patrols. And some said that's what they do. And they work to build relationships with police to get more officers to come to their neighborhoods. But we've also talked to a bunch of candidates who say that's not the right approach and that it's outdated and they want different solutions. Right. So, Mariah, what about broader anti-violence approaches? Can aldermen influence crime on a citywide level? Sure. It's a great question. You know, there is the citywide budget. That's something aldermen can approve or reject. And, and that budget includes the police department's nearly $2 billion spending plan. Um, but, you know, to reject the police department budget means voting against the entire city budget as a whole. And that may include other proposals that would help residents. And, you know, the departments really control how that money that aldermen approve is spent within their confines. Um, then there's the citywide influence on policy you asked about. You know, aldermen are are technically legislators, but it is hard as a city council member to pass citywide legislation. The mayor has significant control over policymaking um, in Chicago. Downtown alderman Brendan Riley in the 42nd Ward says he thinks it's naive for challengers to think they'll have a real sway over the police department. I think nothing short of pandering for a candidate for for alderman to suggest that they can somehow dictate change in the police department. Typically, the administration crushes ordinances that look to dictate police policies. The administration wants to have total control over the police department. But, you know, we should note that there has been a growing focus on passing citywide policy to address root causes of violence and police reform. For instance, Chicagoans will very soon have a greater say over police policy after activists and progressive aldermen push for change. Next year, residents can serve on elected police district councils that, yes, voters will choose this election season, too, um, that will launch a new model of civilian oversight of the police. And Tessa, you actually just started on the City Hall beat. Is there anything that surprised you while reporting this story? Yeah, you know, I know Chicago has been trying for years to really do some real reform of the police department and policing in general, especially considering the abuses that have gone on, particularly against black and brown people. But I was really struck by how some of these aldermen who are seeing really high rates of violence, you know, they want to get some system change. They wanted to make that priority in the past, but they're getting really consumed by these day-to-day requests to respond to violence. Here's David Moore, um, the alderman in the 17th Ward, talking about that. We're trying to deal with this upper-level policies. We're trying to do this. And I'm like, I don't need that because Ms. Johnson don't care about that right now. Similarly, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor, who ran on a platform that would divert funds from the police, said she's had to face the reality that while constituents may have voted for broader reform, they want solutions to help reduce day-to-day crime, too. She's used some of her discretionary funds to add more security cameras to an area where residents have complained about shootings. And I haven't wanted to, believe you me. I haven't wanted to, but I do understand cameras will give them access to see what happens. So I understand the need for them I have. I ain't been happy about it because that's the same money that I got to fix street. I'm guessing those tensions will also be an undercurrent we see in the upcoming races and the types of policies that next year's city council is going to pursue. 
That's WBEZ's Tessa Weinberg and Mariah Wolfel, who cover city government. They're speaking about how crime is playing a role in next year's city council elections. Thanks, you two. Thanks, Melba. Thanks. This is WBEZ.